I'm coming in hot. Welcome back to the what the hell does Polly even say? I don't know. Polly's fired. We're here now. I'm 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 with my man J Pens 21 in the chat. We're talking real things. Jordan, how the hell are you? I'm doing good. And just so everybody, won't, uh, you know, just in case you guys don't know, since Paulie's not here, we are accepting applications for a third, for a new member now. We fired Paulie because, you know, we weren't happy. And yeah, Kyle, like I, I know that was kind of your call and like I don't overstep your boundaries, but, you know, it was fun while it lasted. But, you know, Paulie, we're going to miss you. But yeah, we're accepting applications. So anybody that's interested, please DM us and, and let us know. Um, yeah, Kyle, it's, it's t- tough sledding around here. It's, it's tough sledding, honestly. We, we strive for excellence on this podcast, guys. Absolute sheer excellence. And, you know, to be honest with you, Polly wasn't cutting it. And, and Jordan, uh, I, I actually wanted to surprise you today, okay? Today we have one of those applications. I, I pre-screened, pre-screened the application, okay? I decided this perfect is the this person is the perfect replacement for Paul Brusichetta, okay? <laughs> on the call, on the phone, in the in live, in person, wherever you know what I'm not gonna reveal how we're recording. We might be in a studio, I don't know. We have the man, Dan Low. How does it hang backs? Dan <laughs> Dan, what's talk to the on? people. Let's say what's up, Dan. <laughs> what's going on? Now how you doing? Yeah, it's uh, my first one, man. I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm really jacked up i'm ready yeah, to go. You know, dan told us that he threw up about seven times before we uh we started three it was it was three and a half times oh three and wow. a half okay. yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so kind of walk us through the half time what what happens there do you kind of do that just like that dry heave or what tell yep. us a little bit about that it was a it was a dry heave that turned into a, a little bit of spit nice. yeah, no, so when you kind of throw up in your mouth almost and you have to like swallow it like oh i've been, right. been there before yeah like it's what? gross Oh like man, I didn't think I didn't think we were gonna get this nasty this early, but I mean, uh, want to go yes, there? You, I, not sure if you've listened to any of the other episodes, but we get real freaky naughty. I uh, actually, so, I've never listened to you guys before at all, I, so I'm excited. I must have screened the wrong application. I am so sorry to all the listeners at home right now. I, I <laughs> this man is a fraud. This is D Lobax, not 87, 86. This is a, this is a fraud. Uh, Who are if, you? Yeah, it's I'm D Lobax 871. That's one of the the fake troll accounts. Oh, wait, wait, uh, how do you say your last name? Did I say it wrong the whole time? Uh, Lo- <laughs> yeah, Lobaz, the, the C is silent. What? what? Wow, I had no idea either. Breaking Why is news. it there? Why do you have Breaking a C? news. Because it's, it, it's exotic. That's, oh, um, we got to keep it interesting. I, I've been, I've been calling, you know what, let's just, you know what, let's just move on. Dan, tell the people who don't know <laughs> you a little bit about yourself. Well, Kyle, um, I am now at Delo on uh, on Twitter. I used to be known as Ten and Six Dan. In some circles, I still go by that moniker. Um, but yeah, I'm just a, I'm a Jets fan. I'm a Yankees fan. I like sports. I like to you know shoot the shit. I used to troll really hard. I think that's that's why uh, you know I had the the brand change recently. Um, but no, yeah, I'm just a, a fan of you guys. Fan of the the uh, the network, Ascension Podcast Network. Um, you know, I do some art for you guys, like to take pictures, like music and yeah, just here to have a good time and, and, uh, and, and rap with you guys. That's, I, I love, love that. It. Dan, how did you, 
how did you get into you're really a, a phenomenal graphic designer for the, for those who don't know dan does amazing graphic design you know for the pod accounts the ascension network he did the amazing Machamania, which will be live on Wednesday. The Machamania graphic, where he put me, a very ugly dude, on a very ugly body, and the result was beautiful. Now, Dan, how did you get into graphic design? Walk us through that that process. Like, what? Take us all the way back to when you were a child, okay? And and just walk us. We got to fill up time, so just walk us through the entire thing. Well, first of all, um, I think you look great on Kevin Nash's body. <laughs> um, <so laughs> that's one uh two yeah i mean i wish it was more interesting than it actually is um you know when when instagram came out uh to be completely honest you know i just like taking pictures and editing them i think that's like the the most fun and uh i just think it's really cool not to get like cliche or like really artsy but you know with with photos or with any type of design um you know you can envision you know, something that everybody else sees through your own eyes or through your own lens. And it's completely unique to you. Um, and that's something that, you know, I've always enjoyed about it because like, you know, the three of us can take a picture of the same thing, like MetLife Stadium, but the way we edit it or the angle, you know, um, all of that is is just unique to, to us. And, uh, you know, nobody can take that away. And I think that's a really cool um, aspect of, of all that stuff. Um, in terms of designing, you know, I started working with Case and, and Jude, you know, on my pod to, to take their photos. And then one day I just, you know, they give me free reign to do a lot of uh, like producer work, you know. So I just started doing some stuff on my own. They liked it. Um, you guys came along. You liked it. You wanted some stuff done. And, you know, now I have other people hit me up and uh, I'm just glad people dig the stuff. I love yeah. that. that. That brought a tear to my eye, to be honest with you. The only thing I'll say, Dan, is no matter how many pictures you take of MetLife Stadium, it still looks like a giant ass radiator. No matter what ah. angle, no matter what it is, like it's just a yeah. It's trash. part of its charm. <laughs> how, did that, how did that even get approved? I still don't understand <laughs> that. Like, who sat in the boardroom and it was just like, well, you know what? The Jets uniforms got approved. I'm not even. I'm not even shocked. No, at this point, you know what happened? Honestly. Well, is like they were all in a room and they all just like, oh, I don't know what to do for this stadium. And then they saw like a giant ass radiator in the corner of the room was like. That's it. That's the idea that's, right there. That's the one. Yeah. radiator, air conditioner looking thing. Yeah, it's like I, shine it blue on Sundays when the Giants are home. Yeah. <laughs> the Jets are home. You know, I mean, but to be honest, they should have had the New York Stadium. I mean, yeah. you know, I think it was a similar design, but the whole like the whole layout of that was just so dope. And wasn't it glass though, like the New York Stadium, or yeah. did I see a different mock up? I think yeah, you're right. right. Yeah. That's see, that's they don't get to them. Like, I don't understand. They like literally ripped out the personality of it because I think the problem was it's two teams, right? They were like, let's have it like, uh, like literally nobody <laughs> owns it. It's just zero personality. It's just look at it. Look at it. It's look at it dripping with zero personality. That's what I think they were doing in that boardroom. It, it's well, they disgusting. take after their owners. So it, I know, <laughs> I know they're, they're, they're going to, they're coaching to where football's going guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, so Dan, to kind of like fall back on, on Kyle's question, I, I, you know, I just want to know what's your favorite kind of, you know, where's your favorite place to shoot? Like, is it somewhere in the city? Do you have somewhere that you, you maybe like drive out to like a, a local park or something like that? Where's your favorite place to kind of get lost and like take some like really cool pictures in? Oh, for sure. The city. I mean, going back you know, years like there, you know, there's some great spots in Brooklyn and, um, you know, in Manhattan 
that just have like just great street art. That was always my favorite thing. Um, you know, I would take my lunch break, I would eat at my desk and then take my hour, always take your hour, um, <laughs> you know, to walk around and, you know, just shoot like cool shit. I mean, it's there, you know, and I feel like it's a slap in the face not to explore it. Um, but I mean, just putting headphones on, putting a new album on or, or a, a Spotify channel, you know, and just getting like lost walking around and having that soundtrack. Uh, again, I know it sounds corny, but um, it's really one of my favorite things to do. That, that's awesome. That, that's so cool. And you, you, your stuff is always so cool. You know, whenever I see it on Instagram, no matter what it is, whether it, it can be a leaf, it can be a tree, it can be, a, you know, a person sitting in a park and you always like edit it in a, in a cool way. And, you know, it just, it, 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 I, don't, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just so like interesting to see from your perspective, kind of like you were saying before, how, you know, you view like a certain thing, like some two people sitting in a park, an older couple sitting in a park or, you know, maybe an empty basketball court or something like that. Like just seeing your pictures and the, and the edits you do and the designs and stuff, it's very cool. And you have definitely have a very creative mind, um, which, you know, I love seeing anytime you post stuff. Thanks, man. I wish my tweets reflected that. But, um, <laughs> but, but I mean, like, seriously, like I, I, art is everywhere. You know, it's like there's just so much stuff that we can get into uh, to kind of express, you know, anything, how we're feeling, you know, what we're about. Um, and, I, you know, it's just something I, like I said, I just really enjoy when, when anybody does it and you can kind of get a look into who they are by um, how they express themselves, not really by what they say, if that makes sense. Yeah, that is, absolutely. That is so beautiful. I, I Like, you're just bringing tears. You speak beautifully as much as you shoot beautifully. It's just <laughs> an enigma. And, and, and speaking of enigmas, this past Friday, a new album dropped called slime language two and <laughs> we had we had dan listen to it but Sorry, we'll, we'll save we'll, we'll save dan's opinions for last enigma's because, a kind word <laughs> <laughs> let jordan why don't you go ahead and, and tell me your experience so with this album so with me i always like to kind of wait a day or so for after the album so i listened to it on saturday and it was like a nice day out. So, you know, I listened to it in my car and I listened to it. You know, I took my dog for a walk on a rail trail, went three miles and I listened to the whole thing. And it was just like, you kind of waited for that one song to like, be like, oh, wow. Like, that's the song like of this album. And it just never should like never happened on this album. Like the, the one with Meek Mill is, yeah, you know, it's catchy, but it was just like, it was just, there's something missing from this album. I, like, I, I don't know. For me, and I, this is the only comparison I can come up with. You remember when the Lakers got like Steve Nash and Dwight Howard, and it was like, oh man, these guys are going to be really good. Mm. And it was like a disaster. That's what this album was because you had so many like great features from different artists, and like none of the songs were good. Like none of the mixes were good. None of the features were, it wasn't like, and there wasn't even like a good feature on there. Like, whoa, like that person like stole this feature. Like nothing on there just, like it, it didn't wow me at all i'm i'm not eager to like ever listen to it again and there's no songs that i'm going to be keeping like uh, like on my phone that i'm, I'm going to want to like run back or anything that it was just a huge disappointment because i felt like it could have been a cool album like a spring album you know windows down in your car maybe listening to outside by the pool stuff like that but just nothing came up like i felt nothing from it 
Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm actually right there with you. And and as much as I wanted dissenting opinion, like I I legitimately thought this was just not great. Like I it it, it lacked any sort of memorability. It it had nothing. There's no beat on here that like kind of stood out. Um, the, you look at the, the track list and you see those artists that are on the side, right? Like, you're just like, wow, well, this is, this is packed. This is packed. Like uh, for me, you know, I saw right off the bat here, we had Travis Scott in the first three, like the third song in, and then the, the one that kind of stuck out even more was Kid Cudi was on the 19th track, yeah. right? So right there off the bat, that's, that's two of my favorite artists that I listened to. And <laughs> I got a lot, I, I can't lie to you. Like I turned on that. Travis Scott song, and that was just you know it's bad. I know Dan, I know you and Kyle. I know you guys aren't huge Drake fans, but like Drake can usually like bring it on an album and like kind of save it. Like okay, at least we have like the Drake one that's kind of catchy. Like it's not even like solid. Wasn't even like that good. Wasn't even solid. No, (laughs) it was was terrible. The only one like Meek Mill's, the one with Meek Mill was okay. Like it was listenable, but otherwise it was just like eh. Like it was just one big meh album. Like it was it just really not- was. And and the worst part is I think Kid Cudi carried that track. Like he legitimately like this is what I'm saying. Like everybody else felt like this was just like a studio leftover. It wasn't going to make any other albums, and they just kind of were like, let's throw it on. Let's throw it on a random you know album here, yeah. and that, that's exactly what they did. This is probably a bunch of bunch of stuff that they had that they recorded, and they never were going to use it. And they just threw it on here. And I mean, like, the Kid Cudi song, like, that was probably his, like, he, like not his best track, duh. But I'm just saying, like, that, for me, was probably the more standout one because he came in there and he he ripped that track. Like, he did a great job. He was an excellent feature. I thought that was, I thought it was a fun, a fun track from him. But again, it just, it didn't have life outside of him. And I don't think any of these other tracks had any life outside of it, uh, like, any life on them. And, and it, it, I think there was... A lot of the beats were very, very similar. I don't know yeah. if that's yep, absolutely. I, I I remember listening. I did kind of the same thing. I went on a walk, like you, like you know, you said, and I was listening to it, and I was, I thought I was on the same song, the whole time, like for like five straight songs. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. And I look <laughs> at it, and it, I, I don't. I think it, five is exaggerating, but like maybe like the fourth track, like when I heard, oh no, maybe it's the end of track number three when Travis came on, and I was kind of like, oh shit. Travis was the third, the third track here, and I was yeah. like, "Did the, are, do these really the, sound the same?" The only thing that like caught my my ear was was when Meek Mill pop, popped up. Like that was the only only time I was like, "Oh shit!" Like yeah, it's a new song, whatever. Like, he, like yeah, Pots and Pans might be one of like the worst like songs like that I've heard in a long time. Like it's like I, I don't know what they were I don't know what they were trying to do here. Like, I don't either. It wasn't, it wasn't creative. It was, like, there was nothing different that, you know, I haven't heard before. There was no catchy bars. Or di- it was just, like, it was very disappointing. Because I thought yeah. like, you would get a handful of, like, good songs. Even if the album wasn't great, I figured you'd get, like, hey, maybe you get three or four songs that are that are solid. And that, that you're going to have playback. None of this stuff had any playback, like, for me personally. I don't know how other people feel, feel but this stuff just didn't have any playback, like, um, feeling to any of them. Yeah, it was it was a complete missed opportunity, I think, especially with the summer coming up and you had, you know, you had the opportunity with this window here where there's no music coming out, really. It's kind right. of been dead. This is like a big opportunity for 
a a good summer banger album and I, it was just it was just a pack of mid and dan <laughs> i know we forced you to listen to it we held you uh no, we tied no, you no, up no. we 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 put you in the trunk <laughs> for one hour and five 15 minutes it's an hour 15 minutes i just looked at the play time holy shit but we put you in a trunk for an hour and 15 to listen to the song what this album excuse me what did you think dan well um you know, I agree, I think, with a lot of what both of you guys, you know, have already stated. And, you know, um, you know, I don't want to date myself and I don't want to be like that old asshole. You know, I'm a child of the late 80s, um, early to mid 90s. Um, so when Damn. it comes to hip hop, you know, like and when it comes to really all genres of music, um, but especially hip hop, you know, a lot of the newer stuff, um, you know, I like it. I don't think anything is is wild you know it doesn't really catch my attention that much these days so uh then you have this <laughs> so, <laughs> so like was, like right that was so he said then you have this <laughs> you know i mean like i 23 tracks of this by the way um so <laughs> like I, I, this this so i i i see you know your pots and pans and i raise you because i got to what track two uh ski and I was like, eh, all right, all right. And then I heard the chorus and I vomited for the eighth time. Uh, <laughs> it was like, no, like, not like seriously. Um, you know, there were a couple on here. I think real was pretty good. I thought my city, uh, the remix, like anything with like, you know, pianos and, and strings and instrumentation, you know, that has kind of a hook to it. I'll always be drawn to, you know, I remember like, you remember Chingy, the one call away oh, yes. song with, with Jason Weaver from drumline. And, uh, um, what the, what the hell's that show? Uh, with the smart kid, oh, the smart kid, smart guy. Um, yeah. I, I love that song. I always love that song. Yeah, because yeah. Jason Weaver is awesome, but the guitar riff is in that song, like makes the song as well. But anyway, um, my thing with with hip hop these days, and it's so apparent on on this album, is that yes, Kyle, you are totally right. All the beats, uh, they sound, they're very similar. Like I was actually fast forwarding through some of the songs because it's like, like, are we gonna get to like a a really like strong hook? here you know is it going to be the same stuff and all the cadence is the same it's all like this triple it triple it like every, it, it's just all very similar and i mean that's an industry thing these days and i know i'll probably get killed for that but um you know there are a lot of comparisons with a lot of the the mainstream stuff and i mean that's just the way the business goes um but also jordan what you said was dead on too like if you listen to this is there one song that you can point to that that's like transcending the album that you can put on in the car and just like this, this could be a, a summer anthem. Like they're literally out of 23 tracks. There is not one in my opinion. And that is a monster miss. So that's kind of where I stand. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's, that's honestly a great point. And, and it, it's funny because remember the episode we were talking about, and this is why I said it was so important for a, a summer banger to drop because we were talking about the Drake scary hours too, when that dropped and we said, Oh, this is going to be a summer banger. I don't think anybody's listening to those tracks anymore. Like, I think we're at a point, like, th that's how the state of hip-hop is right now, because this pandemic has just wreaked havoc on that genre, because everything that's come out has been just mid. Um, like, a lot of us, when a good song comes out, we listen to it to death, right? We Like, when Drake dropped that track, we we're all, I think we we're all playing it, like, we're crazy. We we're thirsty for the music. Exactly. Like you, we, we found we found the oasis in the desert, and we were just like, let's drink it all up. And 
and that was kind of the thing. And, and then this this album was kind of that shining hope, like we're getting closer to the summer. We're gonna get some of that. We're gonna get some of those classic track like tracks that we're gonna have for the summer. And then this this thing dropped, and it was just, I mean, it was just abysmal. Like it was it wasn't fun. Um, and that's the thing. We listen to music because we're enjoying it. We're ha- we like to have fun with it. And uh, unfortunately, this was just n- not even a fun listen. It, it just that, honestly for me, and I'm pretty sure you two can can echo these sentiments. It just lacked creativity. Like yes. it, it was just like it was just it was so honestly it was so disappointing because like there was a lot of like I don't know I don't want to say there's a lot of hype around it, but people were excited because hey, it's new music. You know, you you had you saw the track like, like you saw like all the artists that were gonna be on there and everything. It was just like okay, like you know this can be something, and it just missed. Like it swung mm-hmm. and missed badly. Yeah, the repeat value in my opinion on this is extremely low. I mean, like. Like, I think the only reason I would go back and listen to this um, is to see if I missed something. Because, I mean, you know, sometimes, like, yeah. strong songs can take a minute or two or, or a couple listens before you're like, oh, I get it. Um, I just don't think that's the case. But I've been wrong a lot. <laughs> so yeah. I could I mean, be wrong here. You're, you're right on that, too, because I've had that happen to me where I don't like – like, for example, on uh, Drake Scorpion, right? Can't take a joke. I don't think I ever, like, gave that song a chance. And then I heard it – I. F- like recently i heard it somewhere on somebody's like instagram live and i was like yeah that shit kind of pops like why do i like that now when i didn't like that back when it came out like this could be the same thing right we could be we could be out somewhere maybe like this summer or in the fall and a track from this could come on and we hear it in a different light versus where we heard it originally and it sounds better or we enjoy it more and it could completely change that that view of that track for us as we you know you you might be right i just i don't see it here i just i don't yeah yeah and to your point sorry um like like back to my other point is that that's true but i really don't think that should matter when you have all these people on it and you have all these great artists and you have um 23 tracks to not have one that just hits you on first listen that's that's a crime in my opinion absolutely you're you're 100 right dan i like i just oh you know, I would spend more time on how awful this is, but we we got we got time constraints. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, well, I, I want to transition into something uh, a little more saddening, and unfortunately, uh, the uh, the rapper Black Rob uh, has uh, recently demised. That sounds really bad. Passed away. Um, it's famous for the hit song "Whoa." He was under uh, you know P Diddy and at Bad Boy Records. Um, I didn't really listen to him a lot. I just remember the track "Whoa." I remember playing that a lot, and uh, unfortunately, it's just another you know artist that we're we're losing at a young age. He died at 52. Jordan, tell me a little bit. Like, what is your experience with Black Rob? What are your thoughts? Talk to me. Yeah, you know, I, like I've heard him a few times. Obviously, it, it kind of like dates me because I, you know I'm a little bit younger. But you know, it's kind of like the same thing that we talked about for DMX. Obviously, in my case, at least, like I listen to DMX a lot more. Like. So DMX kind of meant a little bit more to me, no disrespect, but it's just, you know, I take into account like all like these artists that we're losing, like from, you know, whether it's our tri- my childhood or from like, even like a little bit before that, these people are dying. So, so young, like it's just, it's heartbreaking. And you kind of like go back and, you know, you appreciate that their, their music a little bit more now. And, you know, it's, it's just obviously it's just unfortunate. Um, I, I went, uh, you know, after I heard the news and people like started talking about. I, I, I'm not gonna like act like I was his biggest fan, but you know, he went and listened to his. I went and listened to his music after this, and it was like, wow, like this dude is really, really talented. 
And it's just like, man, like, we're, it's another, like, talented person that we've lost, you know, so soon. You know, it just it just hurts. Like, we've lost so many, like, people, whether it's in sports or, you know, entertainment or, you know, music. We've just lost them so early. It's not like they're dying in 90, 80, 90 years old. They're dying in their mid-50s. Like, my parents are in their mid-50s. Like, that's, that's heartbreaking. Like, these people are, like, ha- you know, have their families, have, they have kids and stuff like that. So it just, it, it, it breaks your heart. Like, it really does. Yeah. Um, Dan, I know you might be a little bit more in tune with Black Rob, like, the artist himself. Um, like, let me know what you, what you think about Black Rob and, like, uh, you know, thoughts on his passing and everything. Yeah, well, I mean, first and foremost, like you said, it, it sucks. You know, like, all of this sucks. Um, you know, I don't know how many artists, what, it doesn't matter the genre, that I listen to that, you know, whether it be a band or, or um, just a singular artist that are just not here anymore or have lost a member. It's like almost everybody I listen to now, you know, yeah. um, the same week that, that DMX passed, you know, that was the anniversary of, of, you know, two of my favorite artists in the rock world, you know, Lane Staley and, and Kurt Cobain that died at a very young age. Um, you know, it's like, it's just really wild. Um, and, and it sucks. It's, it's heartbreaking. The only thing I can say to that, um, you know, and, and as you go on and you keep listening to this stuff and, and, you know, you honor the artists by, you know, continuing to push their art, um, is that we're thankful that they gave us what they did, uh, while they were here. I think that's, you know, one thing we can all agree on is, you know, when we leave this world, um, you know, we leave something behind that means something to somebody else. Um, and obviously they have been, you know, um, in a big way, but in terms of, of black Rob, yeah, I'm older. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I know, I know some stuff. Um, you know, I was jamming, uh, the four life album earlier today. Um, you know, but one of the things that, that he was really awesome on was, you know, the features, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously the bad boy family stuff, but if you guys remember, um, on the first, I believe the first Mace record, um harlem world he had a feature on a song called 24 hours to live that also featured dmx yeah um, yep. and it was a great great track and you know i played that one today and and it's crazy you know a week apart from each other right and and hearing them both on that track and it was a great time for hip-hop then and you know he was a staple you know in that time so um also that features the locks who are one of my favorites of all all time in hip-hop but but yeah it 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 sucks, but you know, what we can do is just honor, honor the art. Yeah. And I know, I know for me, like personally, like I said, like I'm much younger. So you, as you grow up and you get older, just like I said last week, uh, when we talked about DMX, you you know, you start listening to this guy. It's like, wow, he's really talented. Like as I'm trying to appreciate his music right now, because I didn't get the chance to when he was, you know, in his prime and when he was, you know, dropping this music because I was much younger and, you know, now that he, he's passed on and that I'm much older now, I can understand what he's saying and, you know, listen to his lyrics and, and all that stuff. It, it makes me, like, happy. It, it, we're very lucky that we got to, you know, listen to his music and listen to his bars and listen to his, you know, features and stuff like that. So, you know, if anything, like you said, Dan, like, you appreciate the the art that he left uh, behind for all of us. Yeah. And, I mean, if you think about what a lot of these, uh, you know, these folks go through, you know, to, to put it in their words, and to let everybody consume it, um, you know, it's such a huge thing. And I, I remember, I don't want to like belabor this, but I remember reading an article on, on Twitter a couple of years ago that like really, uh, it was one of the few things on Twitter that actually really infuriated me. And it was, you know, somebody 
basically saying if you have negative music uh, or if you have like if you write music about bad experiences, then you know you're contributing to the problems of the world, and you know that's the the I guess the basic version of it. Um, and it's that's such fucking bullshit. It's the complete opposite. You know how many like lives you know people like DMX probably have saved. Um, you know, because people who are going through a struggle, you know, yeah. that could be similar or they could f even feel it similar, even if it's not, you know, all they have to do is turn on that music and know, hey, somebody else is going through it. I get it. I connect with it. And, you know, the amount of lives that that art in general has saved is insane. So, um, yeah, I'm thankful for, you know, for all these these folks that, you know, put their heart on their sleeve, let everybody into their world. And, you know, they're like, I'm human. So are you. Let's let's do this. Yeah. I, go ahead, pal. I was going to say, like, that That was uh, the line there Dan, you know, mentioned resonated with me because I've seen, you know, a lot of people, you know, talk about how, you know, what is this artist saying? Why is he so angry? What is this, you know, this, that, and the third? And it's just because they're they're saying their experiences and they're, they're putting into paper, they're putting it out in, in a form that exposes them and, and kind of just makes them vulnerable and and you never know people could be going through that same exact um that same exact thing and they they connect with that and that's that's why the music is so important yeah. and it, it just reminded me of uh when kid cuddy kind of came back around right like he was around in 2002 not 2008 2009 um and that just triggered because i remember reading these tweets recently and and where people were like you know because cut cuddy happens to hum right and then people are like oh you 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 said you your life was saved from a guy who just hums on a track and it's just like like people people need to understand the material that they're listening to and they also need to understand that not everybody goes to the exact same experiences you're going through right like people go through shit every day and if you're not like aware enough to acknowledge that and you're not like aware enough to realize people are experiencing life differently then i mean you're part of the problem you can't just go out there and say how can you be saved by hums when you're not listening to the source material or how can you say you're being you know you're being saved by somebody who's who's angry because like don't don't tell people how they should feel if you're not like walking in their shoes right like i don't i just i'm very yeah. i get very irritated and dan i'm kind of with you like it's like when you see tweets like that it just it just gets under your skin because you know i've i've known people i've seen people who struggled differently mentally and and how they've overcome it you never know like that those tweets or those words could affect them differently. And that's why music is so important. That's why I like, I've always been a big proponent of music. Like, I think it's like the greatest form of, I, I don't know how to say like the greatest form of artistry and it just listening to that. You can connect to on another level. It just helps your day. Cause, cause we're not all going to be mega stars. We're not going to all do things that are going to change the world, but we could do things in our own lives that change our personal worlds for other people, right? Like that's that's the thing. And music helps us get there. I kind of rambled there, and I'm I'm sorry for everybody. Well, no, it's 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 no, you're right, man. We all have our own story, and you know what what gets us through that story, and and what creates that story, the chapters of that story, if you will. That's for USLD. Um, <laughs> you know, like like that's but our business. With the pros. And, yeah. Yeah, it's our business, and and there's no way. Oh God, uh, yeah, yeah. To to put a bow on it, yes. Like like art is art. We like what we like, and nobody really has a right to tell anybody otherwise. Ah, uh, you couldn't have said it any more beautifully. And the thing with that, 
that I've noticed is when you have these opinions, it creates rivalries. And and Jordan, let's talk about some famous rivalries. Let's do that, Kyle. Uh, most of you, most of uh, you know our listeners are, are baseball fans. You know, um, most people, most of our listeners are baseball fans or they're sports fans, or whatever. So they they know what a good rivalry is. So over the over the weekend. Or over the yeah over the weekend we saw Dodgers and Padres and we saw it get really heated. We saw benches clear. We saw you know Profar and you know Kershaw yelling at each other, screaming at each other, all that good stuff. So I, I love that stuff. For me, like as a sports fan, I, I love when teams do not like each other when you know and when they're good too. Like it, it also helps when the teams are both good and both the Padres and the Padres and the Dodgers are really good. Um. So I love this stuff. So I just want to, Dan, I'm going to throw it off to you because I want, I want to ask you, what's your favorite kind of rivalry when it comes to, you know, sports or, or anything like that? What's your favorite one from all time? Doesn't matter what sport it is, what, you know, can be whatever. It can be a music beef, like whatever. What's your favorite kind of rivalry? Mm, oh, that, that just opened up the playing field. Uh, I'm going to go uh, Cobra Kai versus Miyagi-Do Karate. Uh, no, um, for real, um, I'm going to... I have a couple. Um, it's very easy to say Yankees Red Sox because I grew up with that one. And like there were some epic, epic times there. But um, I'm going to go Ohio State, Michigan. Uh, my brother went to Ohio State. And, you know, some of the stories that he would tell me from Michigan week. Um, you know, we were down there one week for, for Michigan. I mean, the place, even in a game that didn't mean anything, the place was just absolutely nuts. I mean, like flipping cars in the street. <laughs> here, like burning shit on like it's out of control i mean you know you pump a bunch of you know young kids with four loco and everclear and you win a football oh game. my god you know that's what happens but no it, it's nuts you know and you know i'm sure anybody who's who's ever been to a big school game um when you play a, a rival it's you know it's out of control um although i will say i would love to go over to europe and and test out those soccer rivalries because I've heard some pretty wild things. I'm sure, you know, yeah, Ohio. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up. I am so glad you brought that up because I'm going to tell you mine right now. My favorite, and this is for all my soccer soccer fans, my, all my listeners. You know, soccer, Dan is right. Like the the European, you know, scene with with soccer, those rivalries are really intense. Like, and it get it gets really really ugly. Like, you know, we think here is bad. Like with rivalries and stuff. Over there, it, it's like it, it's intense. It's intense beyond words. Like you just like if you go on YouTube and just like look up like AC Milan versus Inter, you know, fan rival, and you'll see like legit fights. They'll throw cinder blocks at buses. Like they'll they'll throw like it's insane. So you know, my favorite is obviously Inter versus AC Milan. So I'm a big Inter Milan fan. They play they play in Serie A for for those who don't know, which is a, a league in Italy, and it's. They're, both teams are in are in Milan, so it's like it's like the Mets and the Yankees. You know, it, it's like the Mets and the Yankees both being in, from the Bronx. Like it's like that, in t- both playing in the Bronx. So they both play Milan. They both share a stadium, like the Jets and the Giants. Um, but they don't like each other. Like they they have hated each other for years. Their fan bases go at it nonstop. It's it's but it's just so much fun because back in the the early two thousands and the even the late nineties. AC Milan Inter kind of ruled soccer. They they were the two of the best teams in the world. Um, they were always, they had the best players on the teams. Nesta, Kaká, um, you know, Inter had Ronaldo, uh, Ronaldo, not Cristiano, but 
the older Ronaldo, and it was just a bloodbath every single time. And fans would throw um, pipe bombs onto the field. Like they would throw, like it would get crazy. Like they would have to stop the game because the fans, the, the the stadium would be filled with smoke and stuff like that, and the players couldn't see and everything. And you know, as long as nobody gets hurt, like it's really cool to see. And I love that stuff. It's it's my favorite rivalry. I will watch it any single time it's on, no matter what game, from what year, from when I was younger, from when I was older. Um, even this year, um, AC Milan and Inter were, were in a game, and, you know, Inter's player, uh, Lukaku, um, and, you know, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who plays for Milan, got into it, and, like, they had to be restrained, and they were talking, you know, shit, they are talking trash to each other back and forth, and what's cool now is there's no fans, and so you can actually hear them going at it and stuff, and before they were even getting into the locker room, they were screaming at each other, and, you know, Inter ended up winning the game um, one nothing, And, you know, you can just see the, the passion from the coaching staff to the trainers to the water boy to the ball boy. Like, everybody cel- celebrated onto the field after they won. And that's the kind of stuff that I love. I know I rambled there like crazy. So, Kyle, yeah. go ahead. I, I'm uh, – <laughs> I've been thinking – Did we lose Kyle? I think so. While we wait for him to hop back on. Um, yeah. No, I was going to say, Jordan, yeah, I didn't mean to step on your on your toes with that one, but how, how dope would it be, like, as a Jet fan? Like, I don't even think there's a Jets bar in New York. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, there's a Raiders bar. I know a Raiders, a Raiders bar, but there's no Jets bar. But how dope would it be to have a sports team where, like, if the rival's jersey even came in the vicinity of the bar, you know, oh, people would go would, fucking nuts. Yeah, they would they would throw you out. They even have like in the in the city, they have, you know, bars in uh like I think it's like Queens in that area of like soccer team, like like Inter Liverpool, you know, Man United, they have like specific bars that these people come and, you know, watch watch the games there and they they're all dressed in like the the scarves and, you know, the jerseys and everything. And like if you go in there as a as a Milan fan or you know, if you're a Chelsea fan and you went in there to a Liverpool bar, they would the, things would get nasty, things would get heated. Like it, it's intense. Um, but with like it, it's with New York teams, like there's not really like a huge rivalry with like, like the Jets and the Giants. Yeah, fans may not like each other, but it's just not a huge rivalry where you know it's because they play every four years. Like yeah, we share a stadium, but like I, like I really don't care about the Giants that much. Like my whole family are Giants fans and. And all that, but I don't consider that a rivalry. The same thing with like the Mets and the Yankees. I know Dan. I know Dan. You're not a big, you know, you don't like the Mets, but like with the Yankees, do I care if they win or lose? Not really. Like it's it's just not a rivalry as opposed to you know these other ones that we just mentioned before. <laughs> like you said, like Michigan Ohio State is like a, a an all time rivalry when it comes to college football. Oh, I'm so glad you said the New York. Um, Welcome Jets. back, Kyle. Hello. <laughs> How are you? I'm here. So I think my uh, my internet was kind of doing its weird old thing. It was just doing its thing, and you know, you know, you feel me. So well, actually, actually, we fired Kyle, but then we rehired him real quick because realized. We yeah, I was waiting for the contract to clear. <laughs> anyway, so I'm going back to an era, okay? An era of football, and you guys may know where I'm going with this, but I'm going back to the 2009-2010 Jets against the Patriots. Now, I. I lived through that era, like I know, like I remember that rivalry very well. But for those who don't know, the 2009 Jets and the 2010 Jets were 
probably one of the best teams they ever they ever had. Um, hold on one second. Uh, sorry about that. Um, so if if you remember, the Jets and the Patriots used to go back and forth, trading wins, losses those both seasons, right? And they were always like outside of one game were pretty competitive games, right? So they they let's go back to the so the first air the first Patriots game of the Rex Ryan era, the Jets beat them sixteen to nine, right? That was a smash mouth football game, if you guys remember that. Then yep. the Patriots came back and put a freaking licking on the Jets, thirty one to fourteen. Yeah. Jets would go on to go on their AFC championship run that season. Then let's go to two thousand ten. The Jets played the Patriots the second game of the season again. They put a spanking on the on the Patriots, twenty eight to fourteen. Now, at that point, I can you could consider it a rivalry. These two teams were duking it out. It was it was grimy. There was a lot of shit talking the week of. It was, you know, it was something. Now, go to you take it to that infamous game, the butt fumble. Everybody remembers that game. The Patriots absolutely put a stomp it on the Jets, forty-five to three, insane, and one of the worst losses I've ever experienced. I think I was, you know, I felt like crap for a week when that happened. That was Thanksgiving. Then, it was. I was there. I was in the stadium. I'll never forget that. I watched. I watched Mark Sanchez run into his lineman, drop the ball, and then my dad turns to me. He goes, "What just happened?" I said, "I think Mark just ran into a lineman's ass," <laughs> and that that's. I will never forget that night. And um, fast forward to the playoff game against the Patriots in Foxborough, which will go down as one of the best wins I'll I'll ever remember seeing the Jets have. Right? They were going in there as just heavy, heavy underdogs. You know what I mean? They they were not supposed to win that game. They were told they weren't going to win that game. And then these New York Jets, baby, they came in there. And they put the work in. The scoreboard says 28 to 21, but we all remember that game being over long before it got to that. Yep. That, so that one green touchdown where he fell asleep in the end zone. <laughs> never forget that. I, I will probably, baby. I will Hawkeye right there. I, I'll never forget that. And then Rex running down the sidelines and tearing his Achilles. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Yo, listen. I will, like, I'm, I promise you this is not a lie. Like, the, the minute... I think it was the first quarter that David Harris had that interception and almost ran it back. I, oh like, my god! You know, how you, you know how you have good vibes in a game, like at the beginning, like when something happens, like like you're like, oh fuck, you know, we're gonna win, or not we, but they're gonna win. Um, <laughs> that's how I felt with with that game. Yeah, I know that's a big thing for me. Um, <laughs> I, you, but yeah. but do you remember that it was uh, Nick Folk missed the field goal because Eldrick Crumpler. Uh, Stop Sean Harris uh to Sean Harris. Wow. David Harris. And then Nick Folk missed the the field goal when they were in field goal range there. And it was like, oh God, same old Jets, like they're gonna blow <laughs> this up. And it was like, oh crap. I'll never yeah. forget when that when that play happened where, where he threw it to Dave literally Tom Brady threw it to David Harris. And he <laughs> yeah. like ran yeah. it and Algie Crumpler comes flying out of nowhere. Old man Algie Crumpler comes out and makes that tackle. But uh, I was screaming my head off. But, you know, a lot of people won't say that's a rivalry, right? Like, I I remember that vividly being a rivalry for that time period. It was short-lived, obviously, but it was intense when those two teams met. Because Rex Ryan came in and he knew New England was the top dog. 
and he didn't take no shit. And that was why I'll always fondly remember that era of the uh, of the New York Jets was the Rex Ryan era where he they did not take any shit. I was actually just like looking over the schedule, man. I forgot they they were pretty good that year. That uh, the year they went was it eleven and five, twelve and twelve and four. I can't remember. eleven and five. They were that was a what a year. What a year. It, there was just yeah. no. I did not think they were going to win that game. Like after he after Falk missed the field goal, was it was it Nick Falk who was the kicker? Am I wrong? I think so. I think that's it correct. Yeah, yeah, it was full. When he missed the field goal, I was like, "This is it!" Like they had their chance. <laughs> they, 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 they're done. They're done. And like there was a couple opportunities where they didn't score touchdowns, like in the red zone. And I was like, "It's gonna come back to bite them." And, you, and everybody knew it too because it was like Brady's gonna do something. Like, and it just never happened. And then you know when Sean Green ran in for the touchdown, everybody was just like, "Wait, they're about to win this game." Uh, what happened to Sean Green, by the way? Like the next week in San Diego, he also iced it right with a run, and then that was, uh, yeah, was it? Yeah, I think you're right. Yes, he because uh, he he uh, trucked uh, Antonio Cromartie. <laughs> oh yeah, they actually showed that. Uh, there was a clip of that on Cromartie's birthday. I think maybe somebody posted it, and it was like Cromartie wanted none of Sean Green, and I was like, that's a nice birthday gift. Oh, wait, no, no, no. That was no. That was that. That was last. That was the year before that, right? Because they played. Uh, yeah, because they played the no. Am I wrong? Was that the same year? Uh, what? Oh uh, wait, no, you're right. No, you're right because they went no because that was the can't wait game, and then they went to Pittsburgh. They went and to Pittsburgh and for the, for the, so yeah, was that's the my bad. The, uh, they they beat Cincinnati and then um San Diego, beat San Diego I mean, and lost to Indianapolis. Yep, you're right. I'm an asshole. Yep, uh, you are. And, and the memory's going in that old age. It's all right. San Diego is another game where they were they were <laughs> they were true. not supposed to win. I remember that they were supposed yeah. to. They were San Diego was like really good that year too. And, like thirteen and three, and like Rivers yeah. were nasty, and you know Sean Green did the the flick thing in the end zone, um, the the LT move in the end zone after that, and then LT came to the Jets the following year. Yep, and that was a that was a short. We, we seem to get the cast off running backs a lot. Like we had LT, then we had Matt Forte, and then we had Le'Veon Bell, and. and I think well, LT, LT was probably was good, the only, man. Yeah, he was the only okay. one who was actually good when he came over. And Thomas Jones was great when he was here too. Oh my god, I forgot. Yeah. Yo, it's been so long since the Jets have had like. Well, we had Chris Ivory, but Yo, that was. Okay. But that was a short lived. Anyway, this is. I'm being a big bozo right now. So, <laughs> um, let's go into our patented big bozo energy, and we're not going to have four this week. Because Paulie was fired, we're going to have three. We're going back to normal with the Bozos, but we do have a guest. So, Dan, we'll save you for last. I'm going to go first. I'm going to take the reins on this one. My big Bozo, and and I'm sure you guys have run into this. So, I'm walking down an aisle at the grocery store. Okay? Here's the scene. I'm going down the pasta aisle. I have to pick up my my pasta. I love my pasta. Ooh, it's a meatball. You know, I go down. I'm going down. Talks like that, so no. (laughs) So I'm going down the aisle, and there's a person just literally standing in it with their cart, taking up the entire aisle, and they just didn't want to move. And I'm just kind of like, what? You know what I mean? Like, and then then they see me coming, getting closer, and then they're kind of like. Then they're like, oh, I guess I'll start moving. And then they move slowly. Like, and it's just like, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that, my big bozo is just those inconsiderate folks. I think that would be really the ideal way to word that. It's just inconsiderate folks, man. Like, 
you're not the only person who matters, right? Come on. Like, move, move out of the way. Like, you see me coming, move, move. (laughs) Fuck. Jordan, who's yours? All right, so mine's an actual person this week. So (laughs) I I don't know if you guys saw, I'm sure a lot of people did, you know, everybody who's on Twitter and everything saw this. Usher went into a club and decided that he was going to throw money. And, you know, he had dancers and stuff like that, so in strippers and, and whatever. So instead of throwing actual cash, he threw Usher bucks. <laughs> what are Usher bucks, you say? They are fake pictures of money with Usher's face on them. And it wasn't just like a $10 bill. It was like he had ones, he had fives, he had 20s, he had 50s, he had 100s with his face on. And listen, this hurts me because Usher was one of my guys. Like I loved listening to Usher growing up. Yeah, I know. I'm really cool. I listened to Usher growing up. But I loved Usher. And I'm just like, dude, like why? And then like his publicist said like it's because he's moving to this area or whatever. I'm like, dude, like you're you're a grown ass man. What are you throwing pictures of money with pictures of your face on them? Like you just don't need to do that. Like, it's just so, it's super corny and it's just weird. Like, nobody thought this was like a good idea. Like, who, who could have said, yeah, Usher, you know what's a really good idea to like get your name out there, like to this new area that you're going to be in? Throw out pictures of yourself on money. Like, who, who said this was a good idea for Usher to do this? So, Ooh. my big bozo of the week is Usher, even though it pains me to, to say so. Wow. I'm I'm sorry you've gone through this traumatic experience, Dan. It hurts. It hurts, yo. I that's love- that's that's your confession. Huh, that's my that confession. That, that's a confession coin. Honestly, I think you just gotta <laughs> let it burn, Jordan. Dan, oh, Jesus. Solid. <laughs> Dan, just who is just your, unbelievable. Who is your big bozo <laughs> of the week? Oh man, you know what? I've could I I could have gone uh, a lot of ways with this one. I have a lot of uh, pent up. Twitter anger. This um, is but, I just want to say, Dan, before, before Dan is like one of the nicest people in the, on planet Earth, and that's like not a, an exaggeration. So if Dan calls you your big bozo, this bozo, big bozo is probably going to win because it takes a lot to like piss off the nicest person in the world. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I had a better one because it, it, it's not like it's not crazy major, but I appreciate the the sentiment there. Um, <laughs> all right, so I'm gonna go. Let me let me preface this by saying. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Julian Edelman. Um, I think he's a great player. I think he has a great beard. You know, um, I'm I'm comfortable enough with my sexuality to say he's hot. You know? um, and and I look, you know, I'm like Drew in that regard. Um, I I look for hotness in football players I root for. Um, but let's let's be honest with ourselves about the Hall of Fame conversation. Um, my my bozo of the week is anybody who considers Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer. Um, I could be wrong here, wow. but I believe Heinz Ward, uh, Lavernius Coles, one of my favorite Jets of all time, all had better career numbers. The dude never even made a Pro Bowl. Um, you know, I, I was rewatching 100% Edelman, which really is a good uh, documentary. Um, but Deion Sanders was on there, and he was like, you know, he's like Brady, Edelman, Montana, Rice. It's like, stop. What are you saying? Like, it's not even, <laughs> it's not even close. You know, I don't care what the context is, big game or not. Like it's not even close. And, you know, I, you know, the dude went through a horrible injury, um, has to cut his career short. He was a, he was a gamer, you know, overcame a lot, but like we live in this, this sports culture who I really, I really believe it was started by Chris Collinsworth where 
everybody is the best ever. Watch a Sunday night football game. Everybody's the best at their position. Like, is there a bad player in the NFL? Um, so, you know, my big bozo is any, anybody who thinks Julian Edelman should be in the Hall of Fame because he should. And that's just the way it is. Preach. Wow. I love wow. Now, Dan, Dan's been dropping some absolute fire today. You know what? People might want more of that. They might want more fire from Dan. Dan, are you excited for the Mania event this Wednesday? Live, in person, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we are all going to sit in front of cameras. You can make fun of my ugly face. You can make fun of Jordan's ugly face. You can make fun of Dan's beautiful face. And you can actually see Paulie again. Yes, Paul, time. we did not actually fire Paulie. We did not. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention that. We didn't fire. We did not fire Paulie. <laughs> I thought we mentioned that. We did not fire Paulie. I'm sorry. Paulie is is he's alive and well he's doing fine he just couldn't make it today um I, you you threw me off track jordan sorry mock me <laughs> wednesday seven. That, so they weren't actually like, sending in their resumes i'm not trying to get like a billion dms with a bunch you of would, resumes. you would get one dm and it would be dan i would, and then you would, I, I, and then I, you would I, laugh me off of twitter <laughs> 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 All right, hold on. Okay, so let me get this. Let me get this promo out. This Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern, the Ascension Pod Network. That is middle initial pod. The podcast no one asked for. All in with Kevin Lewis and the graphic designer slash producer slash king slash Big Meat Dan will be joining us. Big Meat Dan. Sausage King of Chicago. It'll it'll stick. Anyway. We're going to be live and talking about mock drafts that we each had to individually do. We are all required to meet a guideline that was set before us. We will list what our guideline is, what rule we had to follow. But I swear to God, you need to turn tune in because we have some <laughs> really wild mocks. And you have to tune in for Jude's mock because I'm pretty sure his is going to be a mess. <laughs> and we're going to love every minute of it. Well, to be fair, he got like the worst scenario of all time. I thought I was so. going to get the worst scenario because I was I was almost like dead last, but I ended up making out pretty well. But uh, I'm I'm excited for this event. I hope everybody else is excited. Uh, remember uh, to follow the Ascension Podcast Network on all socials. Actually, I lied. I'm pretty sure they're only on Twitter. Uh, follow middle. We got a great episode of Kevin Lewis that just launched yesterday. And then we're going to have a great episode of Mitchell, Middle Initial Podcast leading up to the Machamania world premiere live event hosted on – Jordan, what's this hosted on? For, uh, Wednesday. No, what, what, what service? A platform. Oh. <laughs> it's hosted on StreamYard, which, so you can see us live. So it will be live. It will not be like a, a podcast. You will be able to see all of our beautiful faces. I don't care what Kyle says. I think – all of us are very handsome. You're all beautiful. Well, you got to be older. You'll be able to, you know, listen to us talk about our mock drafts. It's it's gonna be a good time. You know, relax. You know, pull up a computer, have a drink. You know, let, we're trying to entertain you for you know an hour or so. You know, hopefully you can laugh and you know just have a good time with us. And that. Oh yeah. And that will do it, Dan. Please, I want to thank. I want to thank. Can I get some you. shout outs in? Go ahead. The floor is yours. I was going to open thank it up. You, I was going to open it up. Sorry. And just cut off my segue. Thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
No, I, it's ruined. It's ruined, Dan. <laughs> Just go. Well, <laughs> well, the good news is your listeners probably turned off by now um, <laughs> because they got tired of me. But no, yeah, thank you guys for, for you know, letting me fill in, uh, letting me kind of get my first one out of the way here. Um, also, you know, I just want to shout out and my pod, um, you know, all in with Kevin Lewis, um, you know, you guys, uh, working with you and this is no bullshit, you know, I wouldn't say it. I just wouldn't say anything if it, if it weren't true. Um, you know, we're all like really good friends and, um, you know, doing this together is a really cool adventure. Hopefully we can continue. Um, and then also, you know, I'm doing some stuff for, um, all gas, no break pod, a bunch of cool dudes, check them out. And then lastly, um, for all of your draft needs, uh, please check out the Crocker report. You know, they have a bunch of dedicated dudes and they are so knowledgeable and they eat, sleep and breathe, uh, these prospects and, and all these scenarios and, and all the measurables and everything. So, you yeah, know, give it all, check it out. I, yeah. there, Dan, I want to echo that because the, the Crocker report is awesome. Dan does like designs and stuff uh, for them, the artwork and stuff, which always comes out phenomenal. But the, the Crocker Report itself is just, it's awesome content. Um, anybody who's really into, you know, college football, the draft prospects and stuff like that, definitely check them out. And Dan, you know, let people know where they can find your, your artwork and stuff. Because I know you posted on, on Twitter a little bit, but, you know, if you want to throw out your, your Instagram or something like that, because, you know, your stuff should be seen by, by everybody. Thank you, man. Uh, appreciate it. Yeah, I'm I'm at dlo87 on on Twitter, um, and I'm I'm at uh, my last name 87 at Instagram. Uh, you can find it uh, on my page somewhere. But yeah, I mean, like, just you know, if 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 you want any design work done, just hit me up. I'm happy to do this stuff. It's a lot of fun, um, you know. And we'll just continuing, or we'll continue. Excuse me to, um, you know, make cool shit. Awesome. Thanks, dude. Yeah, and and once again, Dan, just really want to just thank you for joining us. Um, I I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. We will be back again next week after uh, you know same time as always. But again, I want to reiterate: please tune in to the Mockamania event this Wednesday. It's going to be fun. It's going to be balls to the wall action. It's going to be insane. Dan's going to be jumping off of a helicopter into <laughs> his draft pick. It's insane. You you don't want to miss it. With that, we're signing off. Ladies and gentlemen, peace, love, and have a good day. Bye.